I'm turned on. Abby told me that it... Can you hear me okay? Yeah. Excellent. Um, yes, I'm Kerry. For those of you who don't know me, I've been part of Rev for just a little under a year, almost a year. I moved here to be a student, which is coming to an end, which is both terrifying and really exciting. Um, and yeah, it's my privilege to um, speak with you this morning. Kids, I know you've got a bunch of stuff to play with at the back there, but if you wanted to, there's a big space out the front that you can come and sit at. Um, and you'll be able to see a little bit better. We've got a few illustrations and things to be uh, learning about from God's Word together this morning. Um, So if you wanted to come and sit, thanks, Harriet. I appreciate that. Come and sit um, with us. There's a lot less kids than I was expecting. I guess everyone's on holiday this morning. Um, uh, So as Rich mentioned, we've been um, looking at a, a... uh, we've been going through a, that, that, that's not a quiet toy is it <laughs> we've been um doing a series through the summer where we've been uh, looking at what is the church um so dan i wasn't actually here for dan's but uh, i'm reliably informed that he told us that we uh, the church is the family of god last week tom uh, taught us about uh, the church is the body of christ and today as you might have guessed from our rap battle we are going to be uh, thinking about about uh, the fact that the church is the temple of God. Um, so we're going we're gonna to spend some time thinking about what a temple is and what a temple's for. And we're going to be uh, spend some time thinking about who God is and what he's like. And then we're going to be thinking about what it means that we are the people, uh, that we are the temple of God. We're the people of God too. Um, so I'm going to read from our passage today, which is in 2 Corinthians um, chapter 6, verses 14 to 16. It's up there. <clears throat> it's got some meaty stuff in it, so it's going to be a fun, fun morning together. Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness? What accord has Christ with Belial? Or what portion does a believer share with an unbeliever? What agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will make my dwelling among them and walk among them, and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore, go out from their midst and be separate from them, says the Lord, and touch no unclean thing. Then I will welcome you and I will be a father to you and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. There's a whole bunch of stuff in there that we're going to get into this morning. Um, But we're going to start by thinking about what is a temple. If we're the temple of God, what is a temple? I did a Google search, which is when you're learning something new, a great place to start. And these are some of the images that came up for temples. That's a temple in uh, Beijing. I used to live there. There's one from Thailand. I think that's one's in India. There's one from Nepal. They're they're all different temples. And it tells us that, um, Google tells us that a a temple is a building uh, that's devoted to worship. So there are actual temples that are devoted to worship. But, Nick, you put the next one on. This is the temple of God. Now, in the Bible, the temple of God is also called the house of God. So we're going to be using this gesture a lot together this morning. Can you make your hands into a house? The temple is the house of God. Can you remember that? 
the house. The temple is the house of God. Now, God's plan, since right from the beginning when he created everything, has been to dwell which is another word for live, to live with his people. That's always been God's design and his plan. And that's how he made it in the beginning. But as most of you will know, the story goes, when God made people, uh, he walked with them and lived with them. But then people decided to go their own way. And sin got in the way of being able to walk closely with, with God. But God's plan and his design has always been to live with his people. Now, before Jesus came, that happened um, in the way that God presenced himself in this building, in the temple building. This is a building that Solomon, King Solomon, who was King David's son, built a really long time ago. Um, And there he spent a lot of time and a lot of money on building this temple. Um, Is anyone seven here? Is anybody seven years old? John, can you stand up, John? Looking very handsome this morning. (laughs) So John is seven years old. It took Solomon seven years, so as long as John has been alive, to build the temple. How amazing is that? Thanks, John. You can sit down again. Um, Seven years. It's a really long time to make this building something really special and really, really precious. Um, Because it was the place where God's presence was going to live. Um, Now... Because of the, the sinfulness of people, God restricted his presence uh, to one particular place. I don't know if you've noticed on the floor, um, there's a, a square that's been taped. Kids, do you want to kind of like scooch? So you're sitting on the edge of the square. You can kind of like face into the middle, um, sit onto the edge. Now, this is one third the size of the the place where God's presence lived in the temple. Uh, it was called the Holy of Holies. Can you say that? Holy of it was the Holy of Holies because it was the place that God lived by his presence. And it was so special and so holy and so set apart that only one person, the special high priest, could go into the temple once every year. Once a year. Can you imagine? Only once every year. Um, now, so this, this room is called the Holy of Holies. Can anyone, uh, right, I need your kind of help. We're going to do a bit of a, a, a brainstorm about the word holy. Who can tell me when I say the word holy, what do you think of? What does it mean? Not just kids, because there aren't many of them. <laughs> really pure. Set apart, yeah, so set apart, something that's different, set apart. Any other words? Come on, guys, there's a lot of us here. We can do better than this. Sacred, yeah, really special and precious, sacred, yeah. Without sin, yeah, pure, perfect, without sin. Sorry, clean, yeah, clean, perfect, holy, pure. Uh, without sin. Holy means uh, all of those things. And one person, only one person in the history of everything um, showed us what holiness is. Sunday school answer, that person is? Jesus. Jesus. Jesus is holy. 
Uh, Jesus is the only one who has ever lived. He's the only person who is holy, who is perfect, who is set apart, who is pure, which makes him the only one who is able to live in the presence of God. And actually, I'm going to read from Hebrews, one of my favorite verses. It's from Hebrews chapter one, verse three, if I can find it. It's only a short one, but it says this about Jesus. He is the radiance, which means brilliance. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. Jesus is holy. And because Jesus is holy, he's actually the only one who was able to make it possible for God's presence to not be limited just to this space in the Holy of Holies, but make it possible for us, even though in ourselves we're, we're not holy, we're unholy, we're sinful, uh, he made a way for us to enter into that holy place. Um, he kind of he did a bit of an exchange. Now I need somebody who doesn't mind representing sinfulness. <laughs> Anyone? Anyone? Sally, thanks, Sally. <laughs> and somebody who is—I feel like this is a taller order. Someone who is willing to represent Jesus and holiness. <sighs> yeah. Sorry, I don't know your name. Eleanor. Eleanor Barnaby, do you want to stand with Eleanor? Eleanor, Eleanor. Um, So now, um, Jesus is the only person who's ever lived who is perfectly holy, right? He's the only one who represents uh, holiness in humanity, in um, in person form. The Bible uh, talks about Jesus being, uh, giving him the name Emmanuel, which means God with us. So Jesus is God with us. He's the person, who, um, he's the God person. Um, and we, who Sally is representing, are made in God's image, but... Our image has been spoiled through sin, through the things that we do and have done that we think that we are, that are not holy. And everyone, if we kind of just stop and think for a moment, I don't think we need to think for very long, that we are never <laughs> completely good, completely perfect all of the time. There's no way that we can do that. But Jesus died on the cross. We've heard that a lot at church. (laughs) Jesus died on the cross. And what he did is he did an exchange when he died on the cross. What he did is he took the sinfulness and the bad stuff of who we are and what we've done and what we've thought, and he put it onto himself. But he didn't just stop there. We, can't, we sang about it this morning. He didn't just take our sin and the things that we've done wrong. He didn't just take the blame for those things when he died on the cross. He actually, when he, he exchanged that for his holiness. Boom. Isn't that amazing? Not only did God rescue us and save us from sin and separation, but he gave us his holiness. We are holy. Can you say that? We are holy. When we're in Jesus, we are holy. Thank you. Round of applause for my beautiful assistant. Thank you very much. 
Now, the Bible tells us something else about the moment Jesus died. Not only did he exchange our sinfulness for his holiness, but it says this in Matthew uh, chapter 27. It says, the moment Jesus died, he cried out uh, with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. And at that moment, the curtain that was on the edge, I'm going to move this forward a little bit, because the curtain in the temple was where the high priest went, went through to get into the Holy of Holies. And at the moment Jesus died, something like supernatural and powerful and spectacular happened. The curtain in the temple was ripped from the top to the bottom. How amazing is that? So now this, this curtain that I made here is really thin and really easy to rip, but the temple, the temple curtain was thicker than my Bible, and that's, that's a lot harder to rip. That was an act of God. That was a wonderful, supernatural thing that happened. And it powerfully, really, really powerfully shows that God's presence, because when Jesus died on the cross, God's presence isn't limited to this one space inside the temple anymore, inside the Holy of Holies. God's house, can you do the house sign? You all know it. Come on, come on. (laughs) God's house is now us, those who have chosen to follow Jesus. His house is us. We are the temple of God. You say that? We are the temple of God. We are the temple of God. We are the place where God's holy presence can now live because of what Jesus did. That's what we read in the passage. We are the temple of the living God. God is now at home with us. I've got a picture here. Who knows what that is? A doormat, yes. It's a welcome mat. I don't know if you've ever seen that at the um, at the entrance to somebody's house. It's a it's a and it says the word welcome. Now, God, because of, through Jesus, when we um, the word the Bible uses the word repent, when we choose to go from our own way to going Jesus' way, His presence and who He is comes and lives with us, and we are made holy. We are holy, but. The Bible says that we're also becoming holy. Um, So we are holy, his presence is with us, but we can choose to be a welcoming home for the presence of God because God is really holy and really precious. Let's keep an eye on time because I could talk about this stuff for a really long time. Now, the Bible says it's impossible um, for us to live as his people without his help. I've got another thing in my bag of goodies down here. Now, you might not be able to tell this because this is a head torch, (laughs) because I couldn't find an actual torch. Um, (laughs) But this is a torch. It is a torch. Whether it's got power in it, whether it is on or off, it is a torch, but it's not what it's, if it's not shining and it's not switched on, it's not what it was made for. We need power to make the torch work. I've got some batteries here. They're not actually the batteries that go in this. You charge it up with a USB. 
but for, but for my illustration, it works. So we've got... This torch needs power to do what it was created for. It needs the power to do and be what it's created for. We are created to be the presence of God. We are created to be uh, in his presence and to know him and to enjoy him um, and to be all that he's created us to be. But we need his power. I'm going to turn it on now so you can see it. We need his power to be able to be the light that he's called us to be and to be all that he has created us to be. Now it's got loads of settings and it's going to go, there we go, turn that off. We need his power and the Bible calls his power, his Holy Spirit. When, when we go from choosing our own way, like Sally was doing, and we receive the gift of his life, of his holiness, he promises to give us his Holy Spirit to be power in us, to help us be holy. We are holy when we give our lives to Jesus, but we can be holy by the power of his Holy Spirit. Now, in the, um, in the passage that we read, it talked about some things that are a little bit complicated and a little bit difficult. Um, so we're going to dig into that now. <laughs> it talks about, so the start of our verse said this. Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness? What accord has Christ with Belial? Or what portion does a believer share with an unbeliever? What agreement has the temple of God have with idols? For we are the temple of God. We are the temple of God. That's just when we come to know Jesus, that's just the way it is. That's who we are. But Paul, who's the person who wrote this letter, um, is telling us that there are ways that we can be and ways that we can behave by the power of his Holy Spirit that makes God feel especially welcome. Um, And he also gives us a bit of a caution and a little bit um, of a warning. We're going to illustrate this by yoking two people together. So I need two people who are willing to be yoked. Which means, be, come on, Rose, come and be yoked. And come on then, Lydia, my running partners. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> okay, so now again, one of you, I'm afraid, is going to be have, to have to be going their own way. And one of you is going to be going the way of Jesus. Okay, Rose. So Rose is going her own way. So Rose is uh, what the Bible describes as an unbeliever. So somebody who has not given their lives to Jesus. She's going her own way. She's living um, without following Jesus. Lydia, on the other hand, is going to come and stand next to Rose. And she is following Jesus. She has given her life to him and is following him. She is um, the temple of God. She is the place where God lives. Now, I'm going to yoke you guys together by your ankles. Yoking just means tying together, okay? So I'm going to tie your legs together, kind of like a a very awkward three-legged race. (laughs) Okay, here we go. That's not too tight, is it? Okay. 
Okay, so here we have someone who is a believer, a follower of Jesus, and somebody who is an unbeliever, somebody who's going their own way. They're really close together, they're yoked together, and now you're going to walk forwards. Are you ready? Should we say, on your marks? On your marks! Get set, go! (laughs) Okay, thank you, thank you. (laughs) And stop. Thank you very much. Just give him a round of applause. Well done. well done, guys. Let me make sure you're unyoked. Let me get you unyoked. There we go. Thanks. Just slip out. Thank you, guys. My beautiful assistants. Um, they didn't get very far, did they? <laughs> when, when, uh, what Paul is explaining to us when he's talking about don't be yoked with people who don't uh, follow Jesus, who are unbelievers, he's saying that it's actually really difficult. It's really difficult to run towards Jesus when you're so closely connected to things that aren't of him and for him and from him that it's really hard to move towards him and it's really hard for us to grow. <clears throat> Actually, the Bible talks about how when we, when we follow Jesus, when we're um, in him, our destiny goes from being without him to being towards him. But not only that we're towards him, but actually we become like him. The Bible says we actually become our destiny as those who are in Jesus is to become more like Jesus. And that actually means we're going to look and we're going to be and we're going to behave differently to people who don't know Jesus. And it's impossible to do that without his help. It's really impossible to do that without his help. But we're going to think about some of the ways, if I can find the right piece of paper, there we go, um, to, to actually think about how we can make um, our home, the place where God lives, a place that is welcome for Jesus. Um, and we're going to use our bodies to do that because we've been sat for a while. So um, we're going to use our senses as an illustration of thinking about how we can be holy, how we can be a welcoming place for the presence of God. Um, so we can use our eyes. You can go like this with your eyes. What we see, I've got some questions for you. What do you look at? Or how do you see things that glorify God? Do we look at some scary things and things that make us feel scared? Do we look at things that maybe we would want to hide? Or do we look at lovely things and look at things in a way that is lovely, that glorifies and honours Jesus? How about touch? Can you touch your arms like this? Can you touch your arms, Izzy? What do we, how do we use touch to glorify and honour Jesus? Do we push and hit our brothers and sisters? Are we looking after our bodies in a way that honours Jesus? Touch. Another sense we have in our body is hearing. Can you, I've got this weird headset on, it's hard to cup my ears, hearing. What do we, what do we listen to and what are the things that we say that are honouring and glorifying to Jesus? Are the words that we speak and that other people hear kind? Are the things that we say to each other and to those around us kind? Do we hear either unpleasant things that people say to us or thoughts that come into our mind and do we agree with them? Yeah, 
How do we talk about each other? How about smell? Can you do a big sniff? This one's a little bit more abstract. <laughs> um, uh, 2 Corinthians 2 says, <clears throat> we are the aroma of Christ. That means we smell like Jesus. Do you smell like Jesus? When people, when people meet you, when they encounter you, are they struck by the fact that you remind them of Jesus? Smells a very evocative sense. Um, when, when people meet you, do they catch a whiff of Jesus? You, you can only smell more like Jesus by spending time with Jesus. I don't know if you notice that, like people's houses and people have their smells. And when you linger or them, <laughs> uh, when you hang around Jesus, you smell like him. How are we doing for time? Oh, uh, taste. What do you, okay, you lick your lips. Taste. What do you spend your time consuming, ingesting? Do you spend time um, uh, on games, playing games or watching TV or on Facebook? Or do you spend good chunks of time consuming God's word, his powerful words, his scripture? The, his, the word of God is so powerful that it changes us and shapes us. Um, and we need to be doing that as individuals and we need to be doing that as families. I challenge and encourage you as families to spend time in the words together. It's so important for, for children and for, and for adults as well. <clears throat> we can't do and be any of those things without the power of his spirit in us. So we are going to just take a little bit of time to pray for each other. Um, so we've been sitting for a while. Why don't you stand up? <clears throat> a little bit of a wiggle. Um, and I just want you to, just with the people that you're next to, if you're comfortable doing this, just put a hand on there. On their shoulder. <laughs> and we're, we're just going to pray. Um, Holy God, I thank you so much that we can stand here uh, knowing that we have full access to you and your presence because of what Jesus, what you purchased for us when you died on the cross and that curtain was torn in two. Thank you that we have free access to you, holy God. So just where you are, just, just pray for the person next to you, either side of you, that they would be filled to the fullness um, of God's holy presence, his Holy Spirit. God, we say that without you, we cannot do and be anything other than, um, than separate from you. But thank you for your power that's at work within us, that we can know the empowering presence of your spirit to live lives that are uh, worthy of you, that we can make our temple, who we are, a place that is honouring and fit for you, uh, Lord of all things. So Holy Spirit, come, fill us your people, I pray. We love you, Lord. Now I also talk today about what it means to follow Jesus and what it means to go from going your own way to choosing to follow his way. And I know that um, if if you haven't 
if you haven't done that, if you haven't responded to Jesus, then um, I just, I'd invite you, I'd challenge you to, to do that this morning. He promises you the fullness, the fullness of life. And it's so, so good. You meet anyone here who's done it, they will tell you knowing Jesus and being uh, in his family is the best, the best decision and the, that you'll ever make, the best thing that you'll ever do. So if that's something that, um, that you want to explore more, come and speak to, to me or to Rich or to Luke or someone that you came with. Um, because knowing Jesus is great. It's the best. It's the best. Um,